Welcome to the MS Dev Show, episode number 135. This week, we talk with Mai Win about Cortana skills and hardware. Is macOS becoming legacy software? And what makes a developer senior? This episode of the MS Dev Show is brought to you by Aspose, the market leader of .NET and Java APIs for file business formats. Natively work with DocX, XSLX, PPT, PDF, MSG, MPP, image formats, and many more. This week, we have Mai Wynn. She is a senior program manager for innovation products at Microsoft. She previously worked on the Windows Phone team and has extensive experience in the telco industry. How's it going, Mai? Hey, good. How are you guys? Happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yeah, this is, uh, I guess we're, this is going to get published like right in that that lull between like Christmas and, and New Year's. So um, we're one of the few podcasts that that just keeps on plowing through and people, <laughs> I know people appreciate that. This is not a clip show. <laughs> and Carl, what do we have for the comment of the week? Comment of the week we got from Captain Grumpy on our website. Uh, he was listening um, to, ooh, I have to look at it now because we are ahead of time, so I want to reference the right show. He's referencing the Azure Notebooks show, and he hasn't finished, but he stopped in the middle to comment. He said, when we talked about using a HoloLens to investigate crime scenes, it sounds a lot like the TV series Minority Report from last year. And if you watch the first 15 or 20 minutes, uh, more if you enjoy it, uh, you'll see what their vision for AR was. And we had also talked uh, about uh, using Surface Books at work. Uh, he said, I am hoping my workplace moves to them from the Surface Pros as they would suit me much better. Maybe I need to convince them to get a studio. Once we have tr- transitioned all the staff to Pros, there are 10 to 11K units. That's quite a few. And I know of other similar organizations moving to their exclusive use. If Microsoft can get some churn to uh, Surface Books, it would be a big step towards normalizing, maybe even standardizing. It's use in corporations. As you said, the battle, half the battle is getting people to see it in use and to touch it. Once that happens, they love them. They absolutely do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you for your comment, Captain Grumpy. And if you want to get mentioned on the show, <laughs> send us an email to feedback at msdevshow.com or comment on face to, uh, Facebook, YouTube, or, <laughs> face <to> t- <laughs> or even Facetube. Face I'm sure it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> I love Facetube. It's oh, the best. Don't go there. It's probably, it's probably something horrible. <laughs> Uh, so Captain Grumpy seems pretty happy. I don't know. He's not going to make Admiral with his, uh, with such a positive attitude. <laughs> uh, no, he's great. Cause he's been, he's been commenting on a lot of things. So I really appreciate everything that, uh, that he's been commenting on. Okay. Let's jump into the news. So the first one here, Mac OS is becoming legacy software. Yeah. So I, I normally don't read the verge very often anymore, but, uh, this one was actually kind of, uh, an interesting take, uh, looking at kind of some of the, uh, upgrades, quote in quotes, depending upon how you want to call it that, of the new uh, Mac lineup, uh, the author notes that, you know, a lot of the things that did get changed are really making it more and more iPad-like. And the things that kind of are traditional notebook kind of features are getting stripped away mm-hmm. in such the way as, as it's as if Apple is preparing everybody to kind of just move to the iPad slash iPhone iOS experiences. And uh, um, I, I had never thought of these uh, changes that they had made in, in kind of that 
scenario. So I was wondering if that's something that you had agreed with, Jason, since I know that you use a Mac every day. Yeah, actually, I don't I don't use a Mac every day anymore. I use it for the podcast here. I use it for a few different things like video editing. I use it far less than I used to. I, I think I mentioned it before. Like I got the Surface Book and it's replaced 90 percent of what I was using the the MacBook for. Um, here's here's the thing. You know, Apple has they they are. They, they like to, you know, they pick a strategy and they stick with it, you know, almost to their detriment. They, they decided that, Hey, you know, the phone and the, and the laptop are, are two, uh, totally different things. And they didn't want to sort of meld them together. And, and now it's almost like they're doing like a really poor backtracking on that whole thing and, and slowly bringing stuff over, uh, to the Mac, but they're, they're, they're sort of not willing to do big things that would make it look like they're admitting defeat. So one of them is, you know, bringing touch to the screen. And, uh, this was kind of interesting. I don't, um, I don't know if you listen or you do listen to, um, accidental tech podcast, but you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I like, I like getting opposite perspectives of my own and and they are generally like, you know, the, anything Apple does is, is, is amazing. You know, they, they, they try everything and throw all their money at anything that Apple makes. And generally they, they don't like windows. So I like listening to them and Marco Arment, um, he, he's, you know, he's kind of the, 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 probably the, the one on there that's the most like that. He he actually went to an um, a Microsoft store and tried out the Surface Studio and I don't know if you heard but he just gave it a glowing review he loved it and it was kind of interesting because I think he took back half the stuff I've heard him say in the past because he's like touch makes so much sense on a on a device like this and uh, but you know he still wouldn't say like Apple should add touch I, I'm sure he said it in the past but um, or maybe he hasn't I, I I'm not quite sure what what his take on it is but you know I think the reality is these devices it's it's kind of a, a spectrum you know whenever you think about the devices you use in your life like there's a spectrum of devices i mean that happened whenever phones got really big and tablets got really small everything sort of got mushed together and that's that's where apple strategy i think started to fall apart where they they make such a distinction like this is a laptop and this is a desktop operating system and it is completely different than this thing that's in your pocket and now i think they're just they're kind of confused like do we stick with that do we start bringing stuff over so now when they bring the stuff over they're like okay well we can let's start to sort of meld these together but we don't want, we don't want to tip our hand and make people, we don't, we don't want to make it look like we, uh, you know, changed our mind and, and that, that some of this stuff actually makes sense over here. So I don't know. I just see Apple as being the, the perception that, that I always get from them is just being super stubborn. And sometimes it really, really helps them. And in other case, I, I think it hurts them. And I don't know this new, this new MacBook. I think it's, it's so polarizing. I think they said, uh, you know, it's their best selling one ever, of course, you know, cause it's the latest and greatest. And, um, but I, I just think even, even though they're probably selling a lot of them, I think people are just kind of begrudgingly purchasing them because you don't have a lot of choice if you're in the Apple ecosystem. I mean, if you want their most powerful mobile platform, uh, in a laptop, you, you really have, uh, no choice. So I don't know. I'm, I just, it's, it's such a shame. Cause I, I like, I, I like having, um, a company like Apple, I don't, I don't see them as huge competitors to Microsoft personally. I know I've talked about that in the past and other people are like, what, that doesn't make any sense. But I like having, uh, somebody to, to, you know, keep, keep Microsoft in check. And then Microsoft also keeps Apple in check. And I like that, that checks and the checks and balances that, that happens there. Um, but I don't know, Apple is, they're just making really weird choices now. Well, um, I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry Mike. To interrupt, but I, no. I mean like the, 
the it's interesting to hear that Apple's reporting that the MacBook is their one of their largest sellers because the feedback that I you know I've also read articles and feedback from family and friends is that they hate the design, they hate yeah. the ribbon, they hate the new um, power plug, right? Which um, which is USB C, and they got yeah. rid of uh, the, the yeah, mag. The, the yeah. mag, and there's just yep. so many different things that they're hating. So, but I think to your point though, like a lot of these folks begrudgingly purchased or um, yeah and so you also just never know what also apple um ran promotions right to to get those purchases uh well i don't know i mean the 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 reality is so i'm i'm the what i'm sitting in front of right now i have a couple computers you can actually see if you're watching the video you can see my service book over here that's my main work machine and hooked up to my 4k monitor and you know like that's my powerhouse and that goes between work and home and then I have the the Mac here uh, kind of off to the side. And, you know, this this machine, this is a pretty powerful computer. It's a quad core i7. I paid at Best Buy. This is not any kind of special pricing from anybody. This is just the sale price at Best Buy was $1,750. And the machine that I would end up replacing it with if I were to buy the new model to get, you know, with the ribbon and all that, that I priced out, which has the same amount of memory. It has just a little bit faster processor and yada, 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 $3,400. Yeah, I mean, we're talking double the price. Yeah, and I mean, fortunately for Apple, they 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 have people. I think they have a lot of people that are not price sensitive. I'm generally on on a on a machine that I'm going to use a lot. It's kind of like a bed, right? Like you use a bed, you know, eight hours every day. So you know, it's like worth spending extra money on. And and for us in in this industry, it's worth spending money extra money on a on a computer. So I'm not very price sensitive. If there's a machine that will make me twenty percent more productive, then like shut up and take my money. But holy cow, like that. When you're talking like $3,400, like, man, that thing better be magical. And it's just not. I can't. There's just no way, no how that I can say, hey, it's worth it for me to, to go above that. Even if I get the the equivalent model of this one, I think you're still talking like, you know, $2,500 plus. Right. Um, yeah. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, it seems like they're trying to squeeze every penny they can out of it. And I, I think they're just trying to hold on as long as possible until they can make like the, the, the iPad pro viable. And it'll be interesting to see like how they do that. I mean, are they, are they, you know, the, you know, Microsoft, we, we have this, this new thing where we're able to run uh, um, like X64. Um, we can basically emulate that on an arm chip um, and, and it's kind of rumored and people have been talking about like, okay, is Apple going to do something similar? So the question is, are they going to take the iPad pro and is that ultimately what they bring forward as like their, their, their work machine where they, they start to be able to run, um, you know, maybe they allow you to bring like the regular desktop Photoshop over to the iPad pro or something like that. And then it's just sort of like this big reveal, like, Oh, look, you know, we're, we're cool now. Like we've, we've, we have this totally new strategy and, and here's what you need to buy. So I don't know. We've been talking about Apple way too much. <laughs> but th- like I said, I, I don't see them as as competitors. Um, I, I I feel like as a tech, I'm a technologist first and Microsoft employee second. So I, I have to try everything. Um, I like cool stuff. Like I want Apple to do some really cool, innovative stuff. I want to see Microsoft do some really cool. And inno- I want everybody to do like really awesome and innovative stuff. And I, I want to see that be the place where there's competition. I don't I don't want to see. Um, just fighting for no reason and then lack of innovation. I don't think anybody wins in that scenario. So I'm just, I'm just kind of disappointed. I, I want, I want, I want both companies on their A game. And fortunately, the one that I'm working at happens to be, you know, I think, I think firing on all cylinders right now with the, the service book and, and the, uh, the service studio and, and all this cool new hardware. So. 
for and sure. And obviously HoloLens and Cortana and some of the stuff we're talking about today. So it's super exciting. Yeah, no, I agree with you. There's a lot of exciting products coming out um, from Microsoft and, you know, kind of to go back to your point of the price point of the new, you know, Apple MacBook, mm-hmm. you have to compare, like, would you want to buy that at the similar pricing to the new products from Microsoft, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Surface Book, I know the Surface Book isn't isn't cheap, but um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's from a price perspective. I think it's uh, obviously the the Mac Pro being so expensive makes it so that the high price tag of the Surface Book definitely seems more appealing if you start to compare them side by side. Plus, there are so many OEMs that are just making like really, really amazing hardware right now. Right. Um, when I when I bought this Mac, I compared the Lenovo and the lo- the comparable Lenovo actually cost more. It weighed more like it was worse in pretty much every respect. And, uh, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think, I think a lot of these OEMs have just, uh, they, they woke up and said, Hey, you know what? We should, we should build some kick-ass hardware and then people will buy our stuff and guess what? It's working. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So let's move on. So we only have one other news story. So, uh, what makes a senior software developer? Tell us, Carl. Well, I, I think that's a question that, uh, this article you know brings up right away it's really subjective so how do we determine what is a, a senior software developer compared to a regular one or a junior one um and, and and it brings up some kind of interesting points because depending upon where you're at that answer is going to is going to be different um mm-hmm. you know and it, and it's hard to like even make a list like these following traits make a senior developer because let's just say you know, being able to code at a certain proficiency or do, uh, you know, code reviews at a certain proficiency, you know, are some of the things, but you have somebody who's really good at mentoring, you know, you know, how does that affect things? There's a lot of, you know, very technical things, things that you can measure very, um, easily. And there's a lot of things that you can't measure a lot of soft skills that go into that senior position as well. Mm -hmm. So how do we define what they are? Yeah, I love some of these uh, quotes in here. Well, they're not really quotes, but they're in quotes. Oh, this other company is offering you 20% more money? Well, we'll give you a senior title instead. We can't afford to give you as much, but you're seeing rapid career growth. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. I don't know if that really counts. Actually, I think what we should do, we should link this. You have this other article that you actually posted in our Slack channel. It, it's in uh, here, too. Oh, you have that in there, too. Okay, so because I, I thought this was actually even more interested or more interesting, and it was talking about the the, the amount of years... Uh, what is it here? It's like years of experience at start of job and it's certain keywords. So, so this year, so every year stack yeah. overflow does a little survey of, you know, all yep. of its users. And, uh, some of the things are like, you know, how long have you been in your job? You know, what's your job title and all that. And then they pulled out some analytics, uh, like you had mentioned, Jason, for this particular graph, it's about a third of the way down the page, a medium mm-hmm. number of years of experience at start of job. And if you look at the senior title, that's uh, like a four and a half years. So yeah. the the average person is getting a, a senior developer at about four and a half years, which I was actually kind of surprised at. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, it obviously varies by company. Mm-hmm. I, I know that, I know that um, we've been at companies where they, and it's like, well, you know, you're not quite to that level. Like you have to wait, you know, this amount of time and, um, and then others, you know, yeah. They hand them I out think, like they're candy. I, well, yeah, like your first article here, I think it's such a good point, um, you know, where they just they use the senior title as, you know, as like a recruiting tool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you don't have any experience? Well, we can give you a senior title um, and no money, but uh, you'll be a senior. 
So kind of interesting. Um, definitely no, no specific standards. It just depends on, on what company you're at. And guess what? Uh, it doesn't, I don't think it matters that much. So, um, <laughs> it is what it is. Like, I think your, I think your work speaks for itself. So anything else you wanted to mention about this? No, I, you know, this was a little bit more of an open-ended topic. So if anybody yeah. who's listening has any opinions on this area, send them in. This would make really good feedback. Okay. So let's get to the good stuff. Let's get to the meat of the show here. Let's talk about Cortana and all the cool stuff around that. So my, um, I guess the first thing to start, I keep, I keep reading. There's been, I know there's been some recent announcements and I keep seeing this phrase Cortana skill. Um, so what is it and how do I create one? Sure. Well, I think we all have heard Cortana a lot. And like you said, just recently we made some, uh, announcements, some big announcements around Cortana and, um, Cortana, um, is a personal assistant, right? So Mm -hmm. she will help you with your day-to-day activities. You just have to tell her what to do. So when we refer to, um, the skills, it's what skills we want to Cortana to have. So we are now enabling you, um, or developers to be able to create skills for Cortana. Whereas in the past, she was more of reactive where you would tell Cortana, hey, can you schedule um, an appointment or a reminder for me mm-hmm. on my calendar? You know, like, for example, my car is in the shop today. So I had told Cortana, remind me to schedule to take my car in. And of course mm-hmm. she did. And so that's what, but now we want to be able to allow it where tell, um, tell Cortana to book an appointment with Firestone. Mm-hmm. On, you know, on my next availability so that you're creating a skill for Cortana. So she becomes more than just a reactive personal assistant, but she becomes um, much more, has much more robust capabilities. Now, in that case, Firestone would actually create the skill generally, right? Right. right. Okay. Right. So Firestone or the developer, the partner creates the skill that allows Cortana to do those things with them. Mm-hmm. Right. So no different than open table would create a skill that allows Cortana to book a restaurant reservation for you. Okay. So, and then how, how do I'll go ahead, Carl. Yeah. So, you know, I, I immediately have a, a question right here that, um, you know, big windows and windows phone kind of have Cortana baked in and iOS and Google have uh, Cortana available as an app, an app. So do these new skills work across all of those different current yes. Cortana experiences? That, yes. That's awesome. So wherever, wherever Cortana is, is and she, these new skills will work. Okay. Right. So regardless if it's the PC, your laptop, your desktop um, device, your phone, or even the new um, Harman Kardon device that will be coming out where we announced the partnership with Harman Kardon to have a um, speaker. Um, she will work on that device. Okay. Can you flip your video off and back on again? You, you froze up a little bit ago. So uh, there we go. Oh, wait, it just fixed it. I just had to say it. Maybe it was cause I, yeah, I said like, you know, Cortana, <laughs> Cortana <laughs> tells Skype to, to restart video. I don't know. Well, maybe that- it was because I moved my mouse, but I'm, uh, y- during our conversation of the top news, it, every, <laughs> you guys all froze. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe you were just sitting really still. So how do I actually create one of those skills today? So today, um, the process is that you would need to sign up. Um, so you'd have to register to be able to um, get on the portal. So the portal is not available um, publicly yet. We will open it up for availability in Q1 of 2017. So right now, 
um, should I just say the link? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have it in the show notes. So okay. Yeah. Okay. So right now, um, you'll just need to sign up to be to be admitted um, in the spring in Q1 of 2017. So what you're signing up for is to be able to receive the uh, the newsletter announcing when it is available, and then you'll then we'll start um, allowing people to come onto the portal and start developing. And so there's nothing special that you have to do. All the development work is done on the portal. Okay. So I, I didn't realize this until talking to you now, because I previously in windows 10, I could, I could create an app that, that would sort of extend Cortana. Right. Right. Um, And that's different than a Cortana skill then. Those right. are two different models. Well, when you oh, okay. said extend Cortana, are you saying in terms of the VCD well, that allows so I would Cortana create, to call it? Yeah. So if I created a UWP app, I could I could I could make it so that when I ask Cortana something, it'll it'll call into my app, and the app can actually do a response. Right. Right. And that's different. Is there a name for that? That. Um, I or is believe, that just called extending Cortana? Yeah. Um, well, we also called it in terms of um, VCD, right? That's the okay. voice command dialogue. So what okay. you did is you created that within your app. So then Cortana knew exactly what to do. And uh, so some apps could, Cortana would just launch the app. You mm-hmm. probably made it much more robust and had different things. So what I consider more legs for Cortana within your app so that you, yeah. there were more commands. Okay. Okay. And so this is, this is, this is like actually installed in a different place. I didn't, I, I, it was just my fault. I hadn't thought that through because in that case I have to actually have the application there, but for the skill, like that actually resides somewhere else, like you mentioned earlier, right? Right. Yeah. So we, you create the skill within the portal and that allows us to be able to, you know, it just works for all of wherever Cortana is, right? Okay. So then what happens is that you can say um, that it's also based on invocations. So mm-hmm. I don't, what was your app's name, Jason? Uh, well, just let's use Firestone as the oh, example. Oh, right. We'll give them some free advertising. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so for example, then you can just say, hey, Cortana, um, book an appointment with Firestone. Okay. And then she can, you know, depending on how you built how you built out the um, the skill, the invocation was Firestone, right? So then you're bringing either up a UWP app or their website if they allow for online booking um, and those kinds of things. So it's very different. Now the VCD profile that you created in your UWP, it, uh, you can also move that over as well. So then Cortana, you create the skill within Cortana. Okay. I suppose offers a powerful set of file management APIs with which developers can create applications, which can create, open, edit, and save the majority of popular business file formats. Their product range supports a multitude of file formats, including Word documents, Excel spreadsheets, PowerPoint presentations, PDF documents, OneNote, Outlook, Project, Visio files, popular image formats, and many others. Aspose produces APIs for .NET, Java, and the cloud, which can be utilized in almost any modern language available today. Visit www.aspose.com for a free 30-day no-limitations trial. And if you get stuck, message the friendly support team for help. All technical support is offered free of charge. Remember, if you're a lucky winner, you will receive a free developer small business license for Aspose.Words for .NET. 
a powerful toolkit to work with Word documents in your applications. If as a developer, I need to develop and launch this in the portal, how does a user then able to use this? Is that something that they can uh, just start talking to Cortana with, or is that something that they have to go out and specifically enable first? So yes, so they will have to enable Cortana, that skill for Cortana. So you'll you'll call it whatever, let's just say, well, going back to Firestone, right? You'll just enable the Firestone skill and, and then um, go from there. So very similar to a lot of what is being done today on other AI platforms. Yeah. I was gonna say like Alexa does something really similar, right? Right. Where you actually have to go in there and you say, I want to, I want this, this, and this skill. Right. And then she, she gets better because of that. Right. And then, so you also, depending on what it is, you also link your account. So if we look at a, um, open table, right, you would just link your account, um, with that oh, skill. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause it has to know who I don't you are. Just, right. Yeah. yeah and exactly. your preferences where, and, um, and location and stuff like that. So you enable you, you as a user, you have the control to tell Cortana how smart you want her to be, so to speak, right? How much information about you that she'll pass through her skill to a Firestone open table or what have you. Okay. I like that. Cool. So, so for example, like if, if I wanted to make a skill where I could just order something automatically off of Amazon, I would, I could link my Amazon account to that skill. And then I could, in our last episode, we bought gifts for each other. So I could have said, um, you know, hey, Cortana, order this for Jason. And because it knows that I have a shipping address named Jason so I could ship to him, then um, I all, all of that information just flows through. Yes. If you, if, we, if you enable Cortana to be able to pass that contextual information, then yes. Um, it, in theory, yes, it would work that way. That's pretty cool. So mm -hmm. I, I know that this isn't publicly available yet, but are there uh, any partners that you can talk about that have uh, built anything uh, for uh, Cortana skills? So those are the ones um, I can talk about the ones that we showed at the December 13th event. Um, so Expedia has um, a skill. Um, it's not, none of these are readily available for use yet. It will be um, soon, but we showcased Expedia being able to book your um, hotel with and using a credit card that you have on file with your Expedia profile, right? Um, then we also showcase Capital One, where you can pay your bill, pay your balance um, on Capital One. Um, and and then we also showed a no mail, where no mail is, is able to search your um, mail and figure out what are the urgent messages, and then you can also mm. reply. Wow, those sound pretty useful. So, yeah, I really like that because I, I get reminders through some of the apps, like, you know, pay my cell phone bill. And instead of, you know, me saying, hey, Cortana, remind me to pay my cell phone bill, it could be, hey, Cortana, pay my cell phone bill. Right. So you can go on and, and be able to say, Cortana, um, let's just say Bank of America, right? Mm -hmm. Or or even AT&T Wireless, because I personally pay it's um i can pay through the app right so at&t just say cortana um pay my at&t wireless bill and so the invocation could be at&t um the skill is bill payment and then it just gets done and then she'll yeah. talk to you and can and say do you can do you want to pay you know 200 whatever your your bill is for that month mm -hmm. and you say yes yeah that's one thing you know kind of this is a little bit of a tangent but 
that that's that's I guess what I always do. Um, <laughs> what what always scares me about this this voice control? Um, I shouldn't say scare. What 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 always confuses me is whenever I hear people talk about it, and that, that, this is one of the reasons why I want to specifically address this. I hear people saying like I, I was I was watching um, a live stream just the other day, and and the guy's like, oh yeah, yeah, I was using I think it was like M through Facebook. You know, I was using a bot essentially, and he's like, yeah, my I my flight was canceled, so I said, you know, book me a different flight. And he's like, yeah, and it just went and booked me a different flight. I'm like, what? <laughs> like that, that sounds like it's useful, but, um, these are the types of things where like, I'm, I'm really conscious about like how much I'm spending and I want to like look at different options. And so I don't, I know that you, you play around with a little bit of everything and you're, you're kind of deep in this. So this isn't really even a Cortana specific question, but I'm just kind of curious if, if you've, have you ever like done anything like that? And, 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 how do you, how do you deal with that? Does it, is it more of a conversation like, Hey, I found you three flights and this one is the cheapest or, yeah, you know, so, I, do you, yeah, go so ahead. depending on, um, where, where you're initiating the conversation with Cortana. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're familiar with Cortana, you know about the Cortana canvas, right? So you, you see it show up. So certain cards will be brought up that will show you, hey, mm, um, and it's point. also depending on how you, the skill is also built out, right? Um, if there are preferences within your profile for Expedia or, you know, all of these things, but um, typically we we want Cortana to show these cards to you on her canvas that will say, hey, I found these different options based off of your profile. Okay. Um, which one do you want? Okay. I like that. I'm just afraid to give up that control. I mean, I always see people doing this where it's like, Hey, Cortana, book me a flight to, you know, Sweden and find me a hotel. And I'm like, wait a second. You might've just spent a thousand dollars. You might've just spent $20,000. Like I'm not Bill Gates here. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> I can't just say sure. blind me, blindly get me this stuff. But I like that, that, cause I've seen that a lot with bots where you have that interaction model where it's not just chatting back and forth, but you actually get those cards where right. it's like, find me a flight. And it's like, Oh, here are the three best flights. It's kind of like, I mean, today, whenever you ask for, you say, find me a restaurant, like it, it gives you a list. So, okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. I'm a little less anxious now. Right so- now, uh, you know, I mean, so it's a matter of a lot of this is how do you, um, as the developer, how do you want to set that skill? Right. And okay. whether it is a multi-turn is what we consider it like a uh, multi-step. Um, or do you set it up so that, yes, it just books a $20,000 flight, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have a related question to this. So, you know, as a developer, you could have it so it provides all that UI and confirmation. But, um, you know, I'm in, sitting in front of several computers. I have an Xbox One in the room right next to me. I have a Windows phone behind me. If I start talking to Cortana, will only one of them register for this? I mean, because I don't want to have this conversation, them all responding and, but me not realizing it and, and it booking one reasonably, instead of picking one reasonably priced <laughs> flight, oh, it man. books four flights for me. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I, you know, that's where there's, it's in the works to, to be able to determine <laughs> which of your Cortana devices that you are talking to. And um, yeah. this becomes really important because of the Harman speaker that will be coming out because we expect those to be in homes, right? Mm-hmm. And we want those to be in homes where you also have your Windows PC that's running Cortana. So we need to be able, that's part of the overall plan, is be able to figure out what, which Cortana device are you talking to. 
Okay. That's great. Yeah. Cause I, uh, you know, I've been, it's, it's, you know, again, as a technology guy, like it's really hard for me. I I've been, everybody has been saying, you know, go get an Alexa and then Google home came out and I've been just really having to hold myself back to not go purchase something. Like I'm waiting to figure out which solution I'm going to go with. And so I'm yeah. waiting for like the Harman Kardon, whatever other OEMs there are, like I'm, I'm waiting for whatever. And then I want to buy, you know, like one for each room um, and just, you know, completely plaster the, the house with those. So. Right. Now I've heard stories where folks who have uh, multiple Alexas, the Alexas yeah. can't tell. Um, who they're talking to. Um, so it will be interesting. Um, I will tell you that I have an Alexa at home and we're also, we have a Google home that we're um, running side by side. So just to see the performance of both of those, I think oh, right now cool. my kids who are ages, you know, 13 to nine um, are enamored with the Google home because she seems much friendlier, but <laughs> you know, we'll see what Cortana. She just has a better uh, attitude, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what Cortana does for them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I love Cortana. Yeah. Um, so if I have, if I've built an Amazon Echo skill, can I bring that over? That what, like, what does that yeah. take to, to bring yeah. that over? And it's um, a fairly easy process, and it's done through the portal again. Everything is done on the portal. But I can't um, just have Cortana do it. Hey, Cortana, bring <laughs> over my <laughs> exactly. Echo skill. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and right now, it's not a push a button port my skill over. It is uh, we essentially you can build it um, very similar to the way that you've built um, your Alexa skill. Um, it is just the difference of um, an endpoint, so you can't. You know, you have to, if you built it using um, AWS Lambda, Lambda um, then you have to just create another Lambda endpoint to be able to mm -hmm. point to that just because um, it doesn't allow you to point to the same one. Okay. Okay. Or switch it to Azure Functions, which is amazing. Exactly. <laughs> I would say that, but, you know, I don't want to just continue to plug Microsoft, right? <laughs> right. Well, Azure Functions is pretty awesome, though. I've been plugging that a lot on the show. Yes. Yeah. No, I think it's great. And I think it does give you, you more flexibility. But, mm -hmm. um, but back to your question in regards to, can I move my Alexa skill over? Yes, you mm -hmm. can. And it's done on the portal and it's done very easily. Um, we're talking to several partners, which, you know, again, I can't disclose, but uh, bringing some over and it, it'll be fun. That's great. So if I've already started playing with the Microsoft bot framework, how much work would it take to bring that over to use the Cortana skill? It depends on how complicated your bot is, right? So if you have a very complicated multi-turn, uh, more conversational bot, it's going to take a little bit more development work, um, but it is all very doable. Um, the example that I gave you guys were of Expedia, um, that was an Expedia bot that we uh, converted into a skill to surface on the Cortana, Cortana channel. So um, okay. it's all very doable. It is uh, the complexity of your bot determines the complexity of the skill. Is there anything in particular that would make it a little bit harder uh, for a certain bot uh, to be converted or is it just kind of very? I think it, I'm right now I would say it varies, right? So there's not one thing that I want to tell you, like, if you do this, it's going to be really hard. It really just depends on the complexity of your bot. Like if you are, your bot is more conversational, it has multi turns, as we call it, um, and where the user has to create input, the bot has to go figure out what that means and query back an answer. That's going to take some time to build that skill. Okay. 
Makes sense. So in the in the recent announcement too, there was this Cortana device SDK. So what is that and what does that mean? Sure. The devices SDK, the Cortana devices SDK is what the Harman device um, is running. Um, mm-hmm. So we, the devices SDK is something that we will make public um, in 2017 that will allow OEMs, ODMs, and any um anybody who creates a device to be able to add Cortana to it. So it is for a non-Windows running device. Mm-hmm. So because I think you guys may have touched upon this in previous podcasts, you know, there's Windows IoT Core that you can run yep. Cortana and such. The, this would be for more non-Windows devices to be able to enable Cortana. So okay. this allows us to be um, to give Cortana much more presence across multi-platforms. Yeah, I'm really excited about that Harman Kardon because the I you know I want I want a device that's great for I mean it looks they're they're good at making speakers uh, I I've actually never owned one of their speakers but I assume they're good at making speakers and I I love the fact that I you know I want to have speakers that I can use for music and then having Cortana in there is almost a, a bonus so um so that's great because I don't I don't want to buy you know I've I've looked at like the the Echo Dot and you can buy those things they come in like a six pack <laughs> right um and they're dirt cheap. But the thing is, like, it only is for that conversation. Like, if I go to play music on that thing, I'm guessing it just sounds horrible. So that's why I'm particularly excited about this this device having good audio plus being a good Cortana device. Like, even even if I lose one of those features or one of those features is 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 not quite as good, then at least I I have the other one to fall back on. So I'm excited yeah, about that. Yeah, and for sure. And we also know that Harman Kardon is very um, known for not just their speaker design, but just overall design of the speaker. So. So um, compare that to the Google Home and the Alexa device. I think that most people will enjoy having this device just be on a bookshelf. On you know, I yeah. mean, it's just a very well designed device. Oh man, I just uh, where do, where can I send my money? I'll send some <laughs> cash right now. <laughs> I want it. Um, I've seen uh, initial um, prototypes, and it's just beautiful. Okay, awesome. So uh, going back to the skills kit, uh, one thing that we kind of, I think, glossed over is as a developer, what kind of languages uh, either are or will be supported? Yeah, for the skills kit for right now, um, we are English, you you know, and um, Chinese is what we have enabled. Um, As we grow the platform, the languages will also grow. So where VCDs are enabled in more languages, um, we we will hope our intent is to grow it to the same number of languages. But for right now, we have um, the American English, the UK English, and the Chinese. Is that and what then, you meant by that, Carl? No, or did you mean programming? No, but that languages? was also a really good answer. I also, yeah, that, I meant that was a good question that we didn't even think to ask. <laughs> so, what kind of what kind of developer languages? Oh, developer languages is what you're asking for. Um, but you know what? One, it, 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 your answer was really good because that that is also equally important. Yeah. Yeah, for for the most part, it's in Node. Um, it you can do C sharp is what I'm told, but it's uh it, it the preference is for Node. At least right now. So Node okay. will give us the best first class support. C Sharp might be there, but it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say it's super difficult. And I'm also, you know, I'm not a developer. I'm not a programmer. So, um, <laughs> but what I've been told is that, you know, um, Node is our first preference. It can be done in C Sharp. Uh, yeah. 
but and we're in early days. Like this yeah. isn't even released right now. So um, I'm, I'm, my guess is that there would be pretty good parody at launch, yep. but we're just speculating at this point. Okay. Um, anything else that we didn't ask that you wanted to mention, or do you think we covered everything pretty well? I think we covered everything really well. Again, okay. you know, uh, some of my answers may not be as technical, but, um, <laughs> no, I'm excited. But this, I, this I, I awesome. think that the, it's really exciting and this is, this will allow us to, um, give Cortana more, you know, again, more skills, right? Enable her to do more as your personal assistant. And then with the Harman Kardon device, it allows us to be able to just be um, more present. So she Mm -hmm. can help you. um, And she can be, for my kids, you know, like helping with homework, like, hey, what's the definition of whatever, right? And she, so she can go and do that um, for them. So it's Mm -hmm. just a, I think it allows there's a lot of innovation from Microsoft on this. Um, So for Cortana, this is just another step. Well, this is what makes, yeah, this is what makes Cortana useful. I mean, think of like when the iPhone launched, there were no apps. I mean, you had like, you had your text messages, you had email and you had like photos, right? Right. Uh, The the iPhone, it was nothing special until apps came along. And I think it's sort of the, the same analogy here where it's like Cortana has, you know, maybe a longer list at launch of, of what she, what she can do kind of out of the box. Box or in the box. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of funny. Um, but anyway, the, the, the ability to extend that and just like, I like that it's called a skill. I mean, just like really, uh, it's kind of like in the matrix whenever they, they, they send in, you know, like, you know, here's how you do this type of fighting. Um, I think that's pretty cool being able to just like load her up. And I think that's where we're going to see like some super powerful examples of, of what can be done. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Okay, Carl, what do we have for the dev tip of the week? So the dev tip of the week I got from talking to a coworker of mine, and she um, uh, introduced me to this concept that has been around for a bit called Zen Coding. And what this okay. is, it's a, it's a plugin for a lot of the different popular text editors. There's also one for VS Code. And you can essentially write kind of like a, a CSS-like you know kind of mm. string, and it'll auto-expand that into all of the tags Uh, needed for that. So the example they have is like div hash content greater than H1 plus P. And it'll give you a div tag with an ID of content and H1 tag with closing tag, a paragraph, and then the closing div around that. Um, uh, There's also a link from Donovan Brown, who's been a guest on the show before that shows like making tables and you can do like times four uh, on the, uh, on the rows of the table and it'll give you four different TDs. So that's uh, a really cool little syntax to kind of speed up your front end development, if that's the, what you're into. And even if uh, yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy Foster had mentioned this too, using, using Emmet to do some of this uh, repetition and in, in, uh, code expansion. It's yeah. Cool stuff. I, I imagine it would take a, a little bit to get used to, but once you get used to it, you could really uh, uh, get some boilerplate uh, HTML down in, in no time. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. And then my, we play a game on the show. What I need you to do, I need you to pick a number between one and four inclusive. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, you tell me what it is. Three. Three. Okay. Would you rather have rainbow colored hair or always have braces on your teeth? I don't, how is that? How is that a question? <laughs> that's, that's what it says. I, oh, goodness. Oh, I don't want to give it everyone. Like I'm guessing rainbow colored hair. Or, or are you not a fan of the rainbow colored hair? I guess, what, oh, what is this think? for me to answer? Yeah, you got to answer. Oh, it. Yeah. yes. So, uh, is the choice? So, the choice is to have rainbow, rainbow colored, colored hair. hair forever or braces forever. Yeah, is that what we're saying? Yeah, I think I might choose the rainbow colored hair. 
Yeah. Like, I don't know. I wonder if these cards, like what it was his copyright, like <laughs> 1952, like what was it? Maybe it wasn't cool back then or something. Like, you know, I, I see, you see it, um, on the internet, you'll, you'll see like the rainbow colored hair and it looks really cool. Right. Uh, yes. I would like and having it be per. <laughs> okay carl you gotta photoshop some rainbow hair onto yourself oh my god okay carl pick a number i'll take number one number one okay hold on here would you rather drink the dirty water from a flower vase or eat a cup of the stuff scraped off the hamburger grill at a fast food restaurant uh probably the latter um yeah, because there's all sorts of, uh, depending upon what kind of soil there is, there could be some nasty fertilizers and stuff in there. So you don't know what's in there. And well, you don't know what's in a fast food grill either. I'd rather take that. At least it's human grade. Yeah. The thing is, they, I mean, they're they're at a normal restaurant. They're going to scrape that all the time. Like it's. Yeah. And you know, know, sometimes. You're eating that anyway. <laughs> have you ever had like meatloaf and like scraped a little bit off the pan? Sometimes that that's the best part. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But then you just don't know how long. When it was the last time they cleaned that grill, it could have been like 50 yeah. years ago. Yeah, if it's like one of <laughs> yeah. those greasy diners. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a, if it's like a local place, yeah, that would, that would be the case. I mean, if it's, if it's like any kind of chain, it's, it seems like it'd be worse, but it's actually better because I mean, they just have crazy strict standards for that kind of stuff. So, I mean, literally like at McDonald's, it's after every round of burgers, like that thing is scraped and, and clean pretty thoroughly. So. Yeah, I, w- I remember reading an article recently about how there was this, some diner somewhere that has never emptied this certain frying pan. So there's mm-hmm. it, it had been there since the 30s. So there's like potentially <laughs> still oil in there from the from back then. Yeah. So so when I was uh, this is wow, this is a weird tangent, but when I when I worked at McDonald's, we would, you know, you'd swap out the the grease for the fries and I I don't know if it was I want to say it was like once a month or um, every couple of weeks. It was, it was pretty rare, you know, that we'd swap this out and like put completely new grease in there. And after you replaced it, you, you would not believe the number of complaints that we would get because the fries are not as good. Like you need, you need some of that, that older grease in there that has like the, you know, it's, it's ancestral fries in there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I think this is, uh, going really going downhill. So, uh, my, where, uh, where can people find you or find more information about this? Well, I think the best um, place to find more information would be to go to the Cortana blog. Um, and, and that way we, that's where we'll keep everybody up to date. And then of course, register and we'll get you on the newsletter distribution so that we can, um, let you guys know about the, the latest happenings on Cortana, as well as when we open up the platform. Okay, we'll have a sign-up link in the show notes for anybody who's interested in that. And Carl, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Carl Schweitzer. And you can find me at ytechie.com or on Twitter at twitter.com slash ytechie. So my thank you so much for coming on here and talking to us about Cortana and creating skills and just making Cortana really awesome. Thank you. It's my pleasure. 